2,000 years ago, a baby is born in a stable, the poorest of the poor. And yet during his lifetime, he says things that are so astonishing that millions of people are still living their lives by them today. He said, love thy neighbor. He told us to turn the other cheek, whatever people might do to us. But most astonishingly, I believe that this tiny little baby boy actually was the son of God. That was Dawn French playing the character Geraldine Granger in the series, The Vicar of Dibley. And that's what she said. I'm Andy. And I'm Polly. And today we're looking at representations of fictional Christian women. Really, we're going to be thinking about how Christian women are portrayed in popular culture and what it might have to tell us about how the world views such women. So Andy, what's your general perception of how popular culture represents Christian women? Well, I guess it depends because popular cu culture is so big. Like, I think it, dep it depends if it's, um, you know, movies or TV or literature. Like, there's obviously so much that you can, that we can talk about today. I mean, most of the women that we're going to be talking about are, you know, fictional women on television. Um, and I think even just in our research and in our own experience, um, I think one of my uh, perceptions is just generally of frustration. Uh, you know, it seems to me that a lot of the representations are quite two-dimensional. There's either certain facets of, uh, I guess, the kind of Christian stereotype that are picked up on either positively or negatively, but not much else. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, growing up particularly, I was always frustrated that there wasn't ever a representation of Christian women that mirrored my experience, um, mm -hmm. which potentially is a niche one being in Australia uh, and things like that. But at the same time, it was you know, frustrating when I'd see a Christian character come on screen and I think, oh, great, a Christian. And then think, oh, not again. Like, this isn't like me or this isn't what a Christian's like or, um, yeah, this is just a really two-dimensional character and they're either really boring or really, you know, they're trying to make a statement or, and, you know, there weren't, there wasn't anyone particularly like me represented, which I found frustrating growing up particularly. Yeah. And I mean, like, sometimes when you're watching something and, and you, you see this character portrayed in its entirety, um, or her entirety and you think man I hope that when people meet me that's not their experience of me yeah but I guess it's, it's kind of helpful knowing what the stereotype is and what people might be thinking when they do meet me um, what they might be expecting and how I might be able to challenge that perhaps um, it's kind of it's kind of helpful to watch shows like that just to see what's out there, what people think about Christians, what people write about Christians, what the general um, kind of cultural ideas about Christians are. I think it's kind of helpful in that regard. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, it's it's always really helpful to see, like, you know, if that if that's what you think a Christian is, that's so helpful for, you know, our conversations with people. Um, or just, as you said, to just generally know, you know, this is what you think a Christian is. On Flanders was the supporting player in our lives. Mom! Here's my little popcorn ball. Gizzy gizzy. <laughs> oh, hello, sponge cake. I thought you boys might be hungry, so I whipped up some club sandwiches. Cornstarch! Go, radio! <laughs> Nettie, I know this has been a terrible day, but by golly, first thing tomorrow, we're going to open up the leftorium, and before you know it, we'll be back on our feet. Slow down, Nettie. The homebuyer's course said always look inside the house before buying. Nettie, it's 
The post office is going to be opening soon. Well, you may be a bit cautious, but what's wrong with that? Some people like chunky peanut butter, some like smooth. Glass of water on the side for dipping. I love you. It's an angel. Oh, that's Nettie's pet name for me. So, uh, Maud was a character for 11 seasons of the popular cartoon The Simpsons, created by Matt Green. Uh, she was married to Ned Flanders and had two children. Now, together, this family were the, the kind of overtly Christian neighbours mm. of the series' protagonist family, The Simpsons. So, she's not exactly a prominent character, and the series unveiled uh, only a few things of her opinions and interests. Uh, she, along with the rector's wife, would be key uh, protesters against any, you know, moral misconduct in Springfield. Um, and famously, she died by being hit with a t-shirt cannon <laughs> in the 14th episode of the 11th season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, she's not exactly uh, a main character mm -mm. in The Simpsons. Like, you don't, you don't kind of think of Maud straight away. Yeah. But at the same time, she has a very distinct character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you know, she um, she kind of has that uh, typical, uh, very conservative yeah. uh, fashion and mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, she seems to be the one that totally and wholeheartedly understands her husband. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas everyone else is kind of like... What is going like, on? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> she's she's very distinct, but obviously not not nearly one of the most prominent characters in The Simpsons. Um, yeah. What's your impression? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I kind of like Maud and the whole Flanders family because for all of their um, conservativeness and their kind of weirdness and oddness, they're seen as a really positive family. They're seen as a family that's quite tight-knit. Um, their marriage is really stable, apart from maybe... I think there's maybe one episode where Ned almost has an affair or something. But, you know, it all comes back around. The um, the kids are really happy, even though they seem to be um, have all these really strict <laughs> rules and, yeah, really odd Not kids. Well <laughs> no, but, like, you know, they're a really happy family. They're a positive family. Ned seems to have good advice for Homer. Um, so I feel like... For Christians, they don't necessarily do, oh, yeah, maybe not an entirely a disservice in that, um, yeah, she seems, you know, happy. She's not, um, you know, I think the temptation might be that she would be uh, somehow, um, you know, under under Ned's watch and, you know, really, really controlled or um, that kind of thing. But she's she's happy. She has her opinions. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of always watched and thought, yeah, she was actually a really cool character. And I think The Simpsons um, treats Christianity in a way which is sometimes irreverent, but a lot of the time is really respectful of Christianity. Mm. I mean, they go to church. It's a really normal thing. Um, yeah. Christians are seen as the good guys most of the time. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, the, like, The Simpsons is satire. Right? Yeah. So, like, you don't watch it and go, oh, how rude of them to treat Christians in that way. Yeah. Like, because everybody is paid out on that. Yeah. Um, like, I remember my mum didn't let us watch The Simpsons for quite a while. Oh, really? And it was always something that, like, our dad just under, didn't <laughs> let us do. Um, and I thought it was honestly one of the funniest shows. Yes. Um, and I never felt like, Oh, they're like, they just don't understand Christianity at all. No. Some of the things that they pay out are just actually things that we ourselves... Oh, for sure. ...would totally laugh at ourselves yeah, about. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, and, and just some of the, like, the, the jokes that, you know, are actually more... Like, I think that if you're a Christian, you can kind of actually appreciate... Oh, totally. ...a little bit more. Yeah, because we, we know col uh, church culture, mm -hmm. we know that kind of stuff, and, yeah, they're at church all the time, and you kind of get what's going on. So I think... 
yeah, of a lot of um, Christian women, she's represented pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, like it's hilarious how she dies, which, yeah, I think it was just because the actor didn't want to be on yeah. anymore. Well, one of the funniest um, things that I remember is that she uh, she doesn't let her kids eat sugar. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I first started going to a church and like first started getting involved, um, you know, with Christian people, mm-hmm. was one of the things that I noticed was that they had way more food allergies and intolerances. Oh, really? Wouldn't eat certain things than anyone else. It's just interesting that like. I, Did I you make that it, connection? Yeah. yeah. So when I watched it, I was like, man, like Christians just like they, they care more about their bodies and so they don't <laughs> eat sugar. Like, I don't know what it was, but, like, I always just really laughed at that, that she was, you know, that kind of um, very, that took her job as a mother, like, oh, super supremely serious. seriously. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, it, many a times just kind of, like, cringy. The way that they play has mm. been, like, you know, intentionally, I guess, like, managed to shield them from the outside world. Yeah. Um, so in that sense as well, like, I think we all know at a real life family. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, like, um, some of the other representations of Christians we see are really, I guess, divorced from um, the Bible and kind of just have this moralistic thing. But the Flanders are really entrenched in the Bible. There are so many biblical references that they have, which I guess is a really good thing. And even though they're a really weird family, I think, you know, if you meet a family like that, you're like, yeah, you know, good on you. It's not, it's not a negative thing by any means. Episode when, um, I think that the Simpsons get an elephant and it like, it, um, it comes crashing through the backyard and Ned wakes up. He's like, oh, the elephant of the apocalypse. And like, (laughs) um, and Maud kind of rolls over and goes, uh, no, that's the, the horseman of the apocalypse then. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a few things that yeah, are kind of, like, you would only really know if you actually knew the difficulty. It's weird because, like, it's almost like whoever was writing it, writing their lines, knew the Bible, like, mm. considerably well. Yeah. Um, a few of the other examples that we'll, we'll talk about today, obviously the, the writers don't know the Bible and don't necessarily know Christians. So mm. I think that's really, I mean, yeah, it's a really interesting facet of them that they're, they're so entrenched in the Bible. I wonder, like, because we're Australians, like, mm. we, um, I mean, we don't, we're not as, I guess, Christianized in, a, in the same way that America is, like, in a nominal sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe 50 years ago yeah. or something like that. But, um, like, I wonder if there's a sense in which, uh, like, obviously the Simpsons writers are very good um satirist um you know maybe it is just that uh kind of christian tropes are just more pervasive and i mean this did start in um 1989 so it was a little bit ago as well um that things might have been a little bit more prominent yeah Uh, so next up we're going to be looking at the popular tv show seventh heaven and the character Lucy Camden. So Lucy Camden is one of seven children of the rector Eric Camden. Over the series, she herself becomes a minister and here's a clip from her first sermon. Good morning. When I had to write my first sermon as associate pastor, I went to my dad for advice and he told me just to take a look in the mirror. It worked. He helped me. He helped me a lot and he always has. This summer, something, something bad happened to me. It's not God's fault that this sad thing happened. And if it's not God's fault, then, then who can I blame? Then, then whose fault is it? Oh, this is not good. Well, 
I'll tell you. No, please. My husband. I told him I was not ready to have another child, but no, he wanted to have another baby. And who wouldn't sleep with him? I mean, yeah, he's gorgeous, he's kind, he's a great dad, he's a great husband, and, you know, he's hot. While I didn't watch the whole series, during school or uni holidays, I'd often find myself watching an episode or two of the show Seventh Heaven. I was mainly interested, I think, because my dad was also a minister. He was a show aiming to portray the ins and outs of a ministry family, and I found it almost entirely incongruent with my own experience of having a minister as a father. Of course, our family had far less drama, but even the smaller things like the characters letting out an oh my God every now and then, and the affirmation of dating people of others of other faiths just made me feel as if there were no Christians as lovable but not boring. She had moments of sass and held conviction, but at the same time was genuinely empathetic. So I guess my question, Andy, is when you see portrayals of Christian women that are constructed in a really positive light, is this a good thing regardless of the fact that it might not have any explicit biblical connection? Or is it ultimately misleading because of its misrepresentation of what Christian life is like? I guess it depends, right? So, like, if you had some, you know, by some happenstance had non-Christian writers absolutely nail a positive description. Mm. Like, I don't think we need to reject it outright. I think we can go, yeah, that actually is what a Christian life looks like. Um, But I guess the more pertinent question is that are they actually going to be able to do that? Exactly, yeah. And my hunch is that without a biblical connection, they aren't going to be able to do that. Uh, You know, I think the example from Seventh Heaven is a really good one. You you and I would never give a sermon. No. (laughs) Um, And to be honest, I don't even think it it was a sermon, you know, and I've never heard a sermon like that. No. I can't can't kind of watch that show and go, like, yeah, that's a really good representation of, uh, of, you know, being a Christian woman and being a Christian minister. Um, yeah, so I guess, no, we shouldn't reject it outright, but at the same time, I, you know, I have huge reservations as to whether or not it's actually possible to, to represent someone well without actually truly understanding where they come from. Yeah. And it's interesting, like how much, uh, I feel myself thinking, how much can we expect from popular culture? Like if they were to truly create a show, which was supposed to be a teen drama that was centered around a church and a minister's family, um, how it would probably be fairly boring if they were to get it right. And it would probably Mm. be pretty offensive to a lot of people watching it who aren't Christians if they legitimately heard sermons every episode about um, the love of Jesus and the uh, consequences of sin. Um, That's not exactly a high rating show. So perhaps they've um, gone into this thinking, you know, this would be a kind of interesting dynamic. We can create this wholesome family um, with lots of drama. And certainly churches do produce drama just because they're, you know, a group of close people who are doing life together. Um, So I think, you know, maybe I can just take the vehicle that they've decided of this Christian family and go, Mm -hmm. okay, that's the vehicle. But then the drama is kind of, um, is really what the aim is. Um, do you think that we can expect popular culture to ever produce something that's going to be um, a real true example of what Christian life is like and still be, I guess, entertaining? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, mainly because I think Christian life is really diverse. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, sometimes when uh, we're watching something that is set uh, a really long time ago or mm. in a historical context, um, I think I think sometimes they can nail it. Yeah. Um, but... Having said that, that's 
uh, generally in circumstances where they've tried really, really hard yeah. to try and understand what the experience was like for that for that person. So, you know, I, I guess so. I, I'm positive that, that that is a possibility. Yeah. Um, but I guess experience um, and maybe a touch of cynicism dictates to me that I, I don't think it happens very often. Mm-hmm. And yeah. certainly not for uh, producers who are trying to create a hit show um, for mainstream audiences. Like, yeah, surely, right. you know, you and I would be really interested in watching a realistic depiction and, and maybe some people who are curious about mm-hmm. Christianity, but it's probably not going to be in the 6 o'clock time slot. Exactly. Um, and I mean, like, my experience of Seventh Heaven was kind of like yours. When I was at home sick, yeah. I would watch, like, three or four episodes yeah, or something yeah. like that because it would be on TV. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think, like, looking back on it, it's, it's kind of, I understand where the TV producers or the writers were coming from. Yeah. They're like, this is what we think a Christian family in this type of situation would be like. Yeah. So let's try and create a little bit of drama. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of good. Like, yeah. Like, we want to actually affirm to people that Christian families are just normal families. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being, you know, mostly the same thing. And not necessarily the Flanders. Like, you know, um, and so we have to talk about the act of sex to our children. Yes. Um, and, uh, we have to talk about, you know, you know, dating people with different faiths or no faiths and, you know, what's that like? But I think what's interesting is that the way that the Camdens resolve those things is, well, I guess, at least in my experience was often very different to how, you know, we think at least normatively a Christian family would deal with those things. It would be like a kind of moral lesson mm-hmm. or yeah it might be something that is something good morally but might be incongruent with the bible mm-hmm. um so the example that i gave before of um you know there's an argument between uh eric and his wife i can't remember her name um about their son dating a jewish yeah girl and um who he later marries right yeah, and yeah. His father is against it and the mother is for it and she can't really understand why he isn't mm. and like growing up with parents that are christians and with a mm. minister there would just not ever be that conversation yeah 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 like, they would totally be on the same page um and the idea of um dating someone jewish is just like not something that is a normal for a christian person yeah 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 um, yeah so the fact that it's kind of like you know accepted as you know we need to accept people and this kind of tolerance thing which is wholesome and uh, nice and lovely to listen to, but not necessarily reflective of a Christian family. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because oftentimes those points of tension where it's depicted as, you know, the dad has an issue with his son marrying a Jewish woman um, is often portrayed not as, like, a legitimate theological or spiritual issue, oh, no. but as, like, oh, this is him just having to outgrow his old-fashioned yeah. Yeah. convictions, which, you know, compared to our current enlightened era are just yeah. barbaric yeah. and there's no there's no kind of reason why someone would legitimately have an issue with uh their children marrying someone not of the same faith um and you know like I think uh, I think we don't want to say that it's you know you know always going to end in tears like yeah. we don't know what the future holds but uh you know I think it's a good it's a good example of where when we watch it and we sit and we think this is far more complex than you are portraying yeah, it yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's obviously, we kind of get lost in the, in the moment there of thinking, thinking more about that than actually what's happening at the show. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a good, uh, representation of what, um, people think of Christians as well. Yeah. Yeah. When these issues come up, it's, um, you know, there's 
old, conservative, um, ignorant ways. Mm. It's new stuff. And um, really in Christian circles, as you've mentioned, there's theology to consider, there's mm. Bible to consider. Um, there's so many other things than whether it's old or new. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think this show really helps us to think about how people view Christians, which, you know, like the Bible almost doesn't exist. Like it's just sticking to old ways just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I think something that we both like about about the character Lucy Camden is that she is a Christian woman, a, a Christian woman who, unlike uh, Maud Flanders, mm. is uh, quite you know as we mentioned quite sassy and quite uh, she's got a personality of her own. She's very strong, um, and and that's refreshing to see. Yeah. Is that there's actually someone here with a legitimate character of their own, legitimate personality who's a bit fiery. Um, and that's okay because, like, I think I personally, uh, and I know there would be lots of people who would be with me here, grow tired of uh, this stereotype of the docile Christian yeah, exactly. woman who has, you know, zero personality and just kind of, um, like, comes out of this Christian woman factory machine that yeah. just produces everyone to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there, of course, are parts of our experience and parts of our personalities that are going to kind of inevitably look a bit similar. Um, But, you know, I I do respect when there's a bit of a, uh, at least a nod to this is somebody with their own personality who is their own individual person. Um, That that I quite appreciate about the show. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, it is quite refreshing, especially because the mother, the reverend's wife, she is kind of that really soft, really sweet um, kind of woman. So to come to have this fiery character who, um, you know, isn't afraid to speak her mind and completely take a sermon, you know, way off track. Ugh, yeah. Um, it, it's a shocking sermon, but I think it helps us to learn a little bit about Lucy and a bit about her character and um, the way that, yeah, Christian women, you know, like, she, you know, she talks about how she thinks her husband's really hot and things like that, mm. uh, which is just not something that you would expect um, from But good. Landed, but a really good thing, Yes. You know? um, so, yeah, I think I think I like that kind of aspect of her, of her personality. Yeah. Like, I think it's always really good to uh, affirm that, you know, it's right for Christian women to think their husbands are hot and like, <laughs> um, and, you know, like newsflash, but, you know, women, including Christian women, have sex drives. I believe that this tiny little baby boy actually was the son of God. And when he was younger than I am today, he was brutally crucified for simply telling people to love each other. And the men who killed him thought, that's it, that's the end of it. He's dead, he's gone. And yet, here we are, 2,000 years later, in a village in the middle of England, doing a play about his birth. Now, I think that's a pretty great story. Yeah. Um, So, I guess, uh, moving across the Atlantic, um, our next fictional Christian woman is Geraldine Granger, the protagonist in the BBC's Vicar of Dibley. Uh, The series, which ran from 94 to 98, follows Geraldine as she takes up the role as the newly appointed vicar of a small church in the fictional village of Dibley. 
The prisoners are originally hesitant of her appointment as the Church of England had only recently moved that women should be ordained. However, Geraldine's sassy and warm personality allows her to win the hearts of her congregants. This show was the highest rated British show in the digital era. Polly, why do you think it was so popular? I mean, I think this show uh, hinges on juxtaposition. This small, um, conservative, English town, and I guess what the audience would expect to, um, a vicar that would match that would be, you know, probably an older male who's quite boring. The fact that they're um, confronted with this woman um, who's quite sassy and um, speaks her mind and really funny, I think, uh, I think that's what the show hinges on, this idea of, you know, someone who's kind of a bit bit out of it and, and thinking about how the the congregants react to that and how and how she places in that. I think it's kind of interesting because um, while I think that that's the the reason that the show is popular and kind of the premise of the show is this this um, juxtaposition, when I kind of watched it growing up, uh, Geraldine, uh, the vicar, actually represented a lot of what I thought lots of Christian women were like. For me it was kind of exciting that I thought that there were a lot of Christian women, women that I knew that were sassy and um, spoke their mind and kind of warm and it didn't really seem that odd to me mm. that she was a part of a church. Yeah. Um, so I guess I kind of still found it really funny but I think what um, why other people liked it might not have necessarily been um, why I liked it. What do you think about the show? Um, well, I really liked it, um, when I was younger mm. and I still sing the theme song tune mm. whenever I'm reading Psalm 23. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I think I wanted to live in Dibley, like yeah. as in, I, I think I've always been drawn to the like European winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked that she, everybody you know, not just her, but everybody in the show look like normal people, yeah. um, which I guess is pot potentially the strength of the BBC is that yeah, they, sure. they tend to um, actually put good actors on there yeah. regardless of what they kind of look like. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, Dawn French isn't exactly yeah. like a young, stick-thin yeah. kind of woman. Like um, she's, she's a, a, you know, a beautiful, like very kind of normal-looking person. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, and I think that I liked the whole uh, quirkiness of... Mm of the show that, you know, like you said, you'd expect it to be kind of like an old man and here is this kind of middle-aged woman or young to middle-aged woman. Um, I can't remember once I went to get my hair cut and I was telling the hairdresser what I do and they looked at me like, are you serious? Like I would never expect someone that looks like you yeah. to be doing the job that you do. Um, and, you know, regardless of what you think about women being ordained, I think yeah. that there's a funny, there's certainly a funny quality to yeah. she's not what you expect. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like that. Um, but you know, I think, um, there was lots about the show that when I was younger, I would kind of watch and, and be like, yeah, like that's, um, that's certainly like a, uh, like a Christian belief or, um, something that's true of the Christian experience. Um, but it's interesting as I watch some of that back that, um, and even in the, in the, uh, clip that we started with, the show never really touched on gospel, gospel themes that were truly, that are truly controversial. Yeah. So, like, in the clip she says that Jesus was crucified for simply telling people to love each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess uh, – and, you know, that's true. Like, he told us to to, um, to love each other. Um, but that's not why but that's, he was 
crucified. Well, yeah, I mean, he also told us that, you know, he's equal to God the Father, that, you know, people need to repent or perish and that he was coming back and going to rise from the dead. So there's lots of other stuff there that, you know, would have been and is, continues to be very controversial. Um, And uh, I think it's interesting that this kind of, on the flip side of, um, you know, the representation of Christian women as being, uh, stern and serious and legalistic. Mm. This is the the other side, which is uh, the soft and accepting, um, you know, funny, mm. but uh, very much a sanitized version of the yeah. gospel, which is that um, Jesus came to tell us that, you know, everyone is to love each other. Um, and for some reason that provoked the wrath of the Roman empire. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I also really like that, um, that Geraldine is a character who really loves everybody. Like the her parish council are just yeah, hilarious, weird and crazy, and probably representative of a lot of parish councils. <laughs> and she, you know, she loves the person that's weird, that doesn't always make sense, that um, you know, that are maybe a bit too crass and inappropriate. She, um, you know, her right hand girl Alice is, you know quite ignorant and um, goofy and, you know, she's just there loving them all. She's not too cool for it, um, which I really like. Um, I really like the whole... I I feel like (laughs) the representation of church is a lot more... um, is a lot more realistic. Um, Yeah, had they had a bit more... um, Yeah, perhaps if Geraldine had a bit more of a a biblical basis, Mm. the show had a bit more of a biblical basis, it would be pretty similar to, I think, what a lot of churches function like, really. Yeah. Um, Kind of odd characters and things like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you sat someone down, just a random person off the street, and asked them to describe what... uh, what they think that the Christianity is all about. It yeah. would be something like the Vicar of Dibley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and so maybe it's, um, maybe it's as far as we can push pop culture to go in being explicit about Jesus, hmm. about um, creating a popular TV show that's offensive or yeah. um, that's only for Christian people to listen to. Yeah. Um, you know. This is like the royal wedding sermon of Christianity. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's palatable, yeah. but it's, yeah, I mean, she does. She does talk about Jesus, which is mm. you know, more than Seventh Heaven does. Yeah, that's true. That's she true. Mention Jesus, so um, and and in a really positive way. Yeah, um, and they're not necessarily um, bigoted. And I guess then the choice for us is, you know, when we when we consume this pop culture and when we talk about it with others, um, and we hear other people's reflections about it, like, do we just jump to correct them? Yeah, you know, or do we go? Yeah, it's really interesting that this is what she says, and here is the things that we can affirm about that. Um, and actually here is where Jesus is even better. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. cause I, I, like, I think that the temptation is, is to either get defensive, like this is what we've got to protect, yeah. um, or to, you know, never actually speak up for where Jesus offers us something different to the world, yeah. um, which he does. And, um, and, you know, thank, you know, thank him for it. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, if, if the Vicar of Dibley was as good as it gets, um, then, you know, neither of us would be sitting here yeah, today. absolutely. If you want, I can help you. Help me? What do you do every Sunday between noon and four? I study. And then? And then I wait for Mrs. Kim to get home from her crochet for Christ group with her sister. Okay, and what do you do while you're waiting? 
nothing. I sit quietly. Okay, now wouldn't you rather, let's say, watch some television while you're waiting for my mother to get home? Oh, I cannot. Why? Mrs. Kim does not want me to watch the television. And how would she know? Because there's a little machine at the television set that will tell her what I watch. Ha! What? Ha! That machine does not exist. It does not? Nope. Took me 15 years to figure it out, but that's the truth. So she cannot know? She also cannot smell fast food on you even after you've showered. She can And she can't tell how many times you've opened your Bible by staring at your palm. My head is being... And you don't have to hand out all of those religious flyers she gives you. Just post enough of them around her regular route home and she'll think the job is done. I think I need to lie down. Uh, back over to America and the series Gilmore Girls ran from 2000 to 2007 and chronicled the lives of Lorelai and the daughter she had at 16, Rory. Lorelai and Rory are best friends before mother-daughter and the series depends on their close relationship and seemingly rule for a household. They live in the fictional Connecticut town of Stars Hollow and Rory's best friend throughout the series is Lane Kim. So in contrast, Lane and her mother, who is only ever referred to in the series as Mrs. Kim, have an extremely tense relationship. Mrs. Kim is a Seventh-day Adventist who speaks in a strong Korean accent and prizes Korean culture over American culture. She enforces strict rules on her daughter Lane, which causes Lane to have a secretive double life. Mrs. Kim uh, can often be seen handing out hail and brimstone flyers and serving healthy but bland food. Polly, what do you make of this representation of a Christian woman, Mrs. Kim? Well, I am a longtime fan of Gilmore Girls, and I kind of liked the fact that they had a Christian uh, character, but I think in all in all, she's seen quite negatively, or at least mm. the um, parts of her life that are tied to her faith are seen, yeah. seen quite negatively. Um, as you said, she enforces strict rules. Um, she doesn't let her, you know, it's it's very um, classic conservative Christian. She mm. doesn't let her daughter listen to rock music. Um, you know, she has a strict curfew. She's not allowed to, to date uh, anyone but who her mother sets her up with, and they always have to be Korean doctors. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite a negative portrayal of um, Christianity and quite a, um, you know, flat, you know, one-dimensional kind of, um, picture as well, and I and I suspect that her character is simply there to pe play that contrast between Lorelai. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is actually uh, based on one of the writers' mums, I believe. All right. Um, someone in the car, someone in the production team's mums. Um, so I'm sure there's a bit of shade that's being thrown there mm. as well. Um, throughout the series, she does uh, develop somewhat, and the relationship between her and her daughter um, does. Um, strengthen and get better as her daughter kind of breaks away and gains independence and as she learns to accept it. Um, but, you know, as a watcher, you're always on Lane's side. You're always saying, you know, oh, that conservative, mm. you know, she's hindering Lane, you know, dating this guy that we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she serves awful food that everyone has to pretend to like or she only listens to really awful um, old hymns and, um, you know, in not a very interestingly musical way. Mm. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about her is that um, you find out through the series is that she has a mother um, from Korea who's a Buddhist and she actually hides her faith from her mother. Mm. So it's interesting, um, they kind of parallel as Lane's hiding her rock style life from her mother, the mother Mrs. Kim is um, hiding her Christianity mm. from her mother, 
Um, intergenerational like secrecy yeah absolutely um and they even um and even uh lane when she talks about her own kids she thinks they'll probably rebel as well um so i think it's a it's an it's a bit of a negative view of christianity but you know mrs kim is a somewhat uh lovable character i guess yeah um what's your kind of knowledge about gilmore girls and mrs kim well straight off the bat i'm going to say that i I tried to, to like Gilmore Girls. Like, I tried to get involved. I sat through a couple of episodes and I just found it so boring. Couldn't I couldn't do it. And I thought for a dialogue that is this fast, yeah. like, they speak so fast, nothing happens in this town. Like, look, I know that that's fine, right? Because, like, I love Seinfeld and nothing happens in that show either. So I understand that this is probably an ignorant perspective to hold. However, I think it's probably a pretty common one. Look, I just don't like it, but I kind of know enough about the show. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that Mrs. Kim is obviously, uh, not a white Christian woman. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of some of my family. Um, so, you know, when I was young, maybe like eight or something like that, I remember asking my granddad who had made, um, he'd made a comment about dancing. Oh yeah. Um, and I followed him up as I often did, um, and asked him why, like, did you have a problem with dancing? Um, and he proceeded to tell me that, uh, the only form of dancing that is acceptable is line dancing because you don't touch each other. And I said, what's wrong with touching each other? And he said, the sin of the flesh. (laughs) And so, um, and so I kind of, sympathize with Lane a little bit like I mean that was my granddad not my parent so you know my parents were definitely not like my grandfather um you know who was obviously very conservative and um also not a white person um and so uh it's interesting to me that um you know I think sometimes you know in my own life and, and in observations and in characters like this sometimes the the kind of leniency of american or, or white christianity yeah. uh, is sometimes not picked up in the same way um by people of different cultures mm-hmm. um because they kind of just don't like they don't put up with it like yeah. whereas everyone you know uh i think to my grandfather it was kind of like everybody just kind of got soft when culture kind of like sang its siren song, Um, you know, whether it was about dancing or about music or about whatever it was, Um, you know, and I think that's kind of like Mrs. Kim, right? She's Mm. just like, I'm not going to take any, any of your like telling me that this is good. It's bad. And it's, I'm just, it's black and white. Um, And whilst I'm never going to ever going to take that approach with my children, um, at least I hope not. uh, There is, there is a kernel of something that I appreciate. Mm. Um, which is that she's principled. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think that the best message um, for sharing the good news of Jesus is to preach fire and brimstone. Yeah. But there's also a part of me that wishes we preached a little bit more fire yeah. and brimstone, yeah. um, you know, as our saviour did. Yeah. You know, like I think we want to sanitise the gospel so much that mm. um, that t- to preach, uh, to tell people that you are going to a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth mm. Um you know, where the worm never wearies of eating, like that is horrific. Mm. Um, and we don't want to tell people that. Mm. Um, and so there's a part of me that kind of sees their virtue in Mrs. Kim, um, which, or maybe a courage that I, I don't have. Yeah. And you're, you're certainly right. She is someone who 
uh, is principled and will not shake for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Which I think is, yeah, something that probably a lot of Christians lack in that we are happy to water things down to mm -hmm. sound a bit better or um, adjust what we think for um, the sake of other people liking us. And, you know, Mrs. Kim isn't concerned with being liked. She's not concerned with yeah. what other people think of her parenting. She's concerned with raising someone who knows God and acts um, as one of his children. And, yeah. Um, yeah, there is so a certain sort of uh, nobility to, um, yeah, the fact that that's, that's all she's on about. She's on about Jesus. And, yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, the, the, the kind of take-home from her is just like, yeah, she's not the best, yeah. but <laughs> but there is something that I like about her. Sure. Sometimes I watch Will and Grace, and I want to throw up. It's terribly loud. I do like it sometimes when Harry Connick Jr. is on. He's so talented. Phyllis, I need you to pick up green streamers at lunch. I thought you said green was whorish. No, orange is whorish. Um, so I had a couple of ideas to make the Stanford people feel more at home. Each year we have a Christmas raffle. It would never work here. Okay. Um, another idea was karaoke. No. A Christmas drinking game. Yes. God help you. So the US version of the series The Office ran from 2005 to 2013. It's filmed as a mockumentary where a film camera is documenting the lives of those who work for the paper company Dunder Mifflin. Amongst the wide variety of characters, we find Angela, a stern and judgmental accountant whose opinions almost always have a Christian reasoning tied to them. For example, when asked what three books she would take on a desert island, she responds with the Bible, a purpose-driven life, and the Da Vinci Code, only so she could burn it. Andy, what do you think of Angela? Do you like this character? Well, that's kind of a hard question to answer because... I like her because she's so funny. Like, mm -hmm. I like laughing at her. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think if I ever met her, I would like her. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, I think she is, you know, you know, I guess a apart from all of the characters that we've we've talked about today, maybe maybe not the Vicar of Dibley, but she's one of the funniest. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has the best lines. She does because she's just so... Um, like, I don't even know what to do yeah. with her. Like, yeah. she's just so, um, she is like a caricature of herself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think, um, I think the thing that uh, is interesting about her is that she, I think I've come to realise that she's a complete, um, moralist, as in mm. she, she has all of the right things that she wants to say, but her life She's not a Christian. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. She says all of the things. She has all of the marks. She's um, judgmental. She's homophobic. She's, um, you know, she condemns everyone. She um, she says all of the right things at all of the right points. Um, but, yeah, she she's not someone who follows Jesus. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, she's very much this kind of caricature. I mean, she has affairs throughout the series. Um, yeah. She's all over the place in terms of her action. Um, but, yeah, she's this really interesting character. Why do you think The Office would have a character like this? 
Probably because there's an office lady everywhere that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, that, There's kind of like it. Like, yeah. as in, I don't think that there's an office everywhere that has such a vocal, like like you said, homophobic, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to burn the Da Vinci Code. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I just... Yeah. Um, but I, I think partly that there is that kind of no fun Nancy that, yeah. um, that works in the corner just disapproving of everything yeah, and everyone. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of, I think, the other, the other part of it, the reason that she's on the show is that I think that that's what, uh, you know, even comically, mm. what people think that Christians are like is just these kind of like killjoy hypocrites because, you know, yeah. it's, it's evident that she is not... Um, she is not a, uh, a Christian in terms of how she lives her life. Yeah. Um, you know, these kind of judgmental, hypocritical, uh, killjoys, mm. um, you know, the kind of, the kind of person that I enjoy laughing at, but then inside I'm like, man, I really hope that people don't look at me and think yeah. that's the same, the same kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the danger is with, uh, less and less people having friends as Christians or knowing Christians that, um, popular culture is where they go to get their ideas of who Christians are. And certainly as you've mentioned, you know, I meet people all the time who are so surprised or confused that, um, you know, I'm a Christian and this is what Christians are like, because it's just not what they've seen Mm. uh, on the TV. And I think Angela's probably, um, a good example of a bit more of a contemporary understanding of, um, Christianity. You know, she's not, um, that kind of wholesome, um, beautiful family that we see in, you know, Seventh Heaven and The Simpsons, which might have been, you know, around 20 years ago. I think she's probably more of a representation of what people think Christians are now, which is outdated, um, kind of uh, outside of the normal progression of society, um, hindering, uh, and that kind of thing. I guess, um, what do you think or what do you hope is the future of um, Christians in pop culture? Well, I think because, uh, Christians like everybody else are sinful people. Um, I think we're always going to stuff up, right? Mm. Um, we're always going to have moments where we don't look very good, um, because we're not very good. Mm. Uh, and so because of that, I think that we're always going to have representations of Christians and Christian women, uh, where, they're going to emphasize those, those parts of us that are the hypocritical judgmental parts. Um, because let's be honest, um, there have been moments throughout all, all times and places where Christian women have been hypocrites and judgmental, um, you know, have been stern, uh, have been disapproving, um, have, you know, lived double lives. Uh, you know, there's always, uh, there's always that, that we're going to have to contend with. And Mm. so in that sense, the realist in me is kind of like, well, I think we're always going to have to deal with these sort of representations of Christian women. Mm. Um, however, I think uh, I'm confident, actually, that, um, you know, that uh, especially as uh, Christians themselves um, stop retreating from culture mm. um, and actually start taking an active part in in making culture, that we might actually get more uh, diversity in culture in the representations of Christian women so mm. much so that they actually get someone that resembles real life yeah, yeah. at some point. Um, and, and I think that that will be a really good thing. Mm. Uh, you know, cause I think that there was a period of time where, where Christians just disapproved of culture so much that we stopped making it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I, I do hope that, um, you know, even some of the people that we've featured on this podcast, I, I do hope that those people uh, continue to, 
to work and do the, do the things that God has gifted them to do. Mm. Um, so much so that people everywhere will be able to see a real picture of a Christian person. Mm. And I think that the more that particularly Christian, that Christians are contributing to popular culture, the more we can actually have a say in those characters that are constructed, mm. you know, um, as long as we're having non-Christian writers, um, create representations of Christian women, we're going to have these really, um, I guess one dimensional and, um, yeah, negative portrayals of Christian women, but the more Christians that we can have in the arts and in pop culture, um, influencing this and influencing mm. um, the opinions of others is mm. is probably just a really good thing. Yeah, and dare I say it, the retreat of nominalism will actually be a really good thing here. Yeah, like, yeah. I think, uh, like, I, I don't think that nominalism is a good thing yeah. at all. Um, and I think one of the one of the good things that will come of it is that Christians will actually become a smaller percentage of the population, which also means that they become kind of a minority, a fringe that, that people actually want to know what is their life like? Mm -hmm. Like, is it worth depicting in a television show? Is it worth depicting in a movie or writing about in a book? And I, I think so. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that will actually become a bit unusual. And, and I think that's kind of what's happening already. Yeah. And Um, especially with, um, you see, or I see often in popular culture, uh, more representation of Muslim people or different mm. people of colour or, you know, Australia trying to embrace multiculturalism mm. and uh, multi-religions, um, the less Christianity is seen as this uh, overpowering judgmental force and more as a um, fringe um, kind of odd group of people, yeah, hopefully the more that they'll be represented accurately and people mm. will actually have a genuine interest in what a legitimate Christian is, mm. not, um, you know, just what they hear or um, what they know of some nominal person somewhere. Yeah, and I think, like, we've kind of got to give some pe- give people a bit more credit in that, like, when I watch a show that has a representation of, um, like, a Muslim person mm. or a gay person or mm. a trans person or whatever it is, like, uh, I think I have enough... Uh, I guess, <laughs> uh, empathy to kind of mm. go, that's probably not like, you know, your average Muslim gay, whatever, like yes. you, your average person isn't actually probably going to be like that. Like yeah. that, like if it's in a satire show, yeah. I'm not going to pretend that everybody's like that. Yeah. Um, and I think we've got to give some people enough credit to actually go, um, you know, this representation of this Christian person or this Christian woman in a satire show, it's probably not what yeah. Christian women are actually like, yeah. um, at least in their entirety. Yeah. Um, you know, that might be a bit of misplaced optimism, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I think that if, if anything, if people watch shows like I watch shows, yeah. then... People get it. Yeah, I think so. That's it for this episode of What She Said. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook and visit us at podcastwhatshesaid.com. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at podcastwhatshesaid at gmail.com. We hope that by listening to this episode and to our podcast that you are encouraged by her, empathetic towards her and unafraid of her.